13 Tishrei, Yud Gimel Tishrei, Tzaddik, his life, 13, 116. In the year 5563, 1803, the Rebbe made a wedding for his daughter, the saintly Sarah, who was married to Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac, the son of Rabbi Leib of Dubrovner. The wedding took place in Medvedevka, despite the fact that the Rebbe was already living in Breslov by then. The wedding was on Thursday evening, the first day of Nisan. After the ceremony, they spoke about Mashiach, and the Rebbe mentioned elusively that it was fitting that he should be one of their offspring. On the following Shabbat, at the third meal, the Rebbe gave the very exalted lesson, In them he set a tent for the sun, the Kutei Moharan 149. The lesson contains allusions to Nisan, Sarah, Isaac, a bride, and a wedding. The Rebbe said that he had not given this lesson for our sake, but only on account of the decree of conscription that had recently been made against the Jews because of our many sins. There, the Rebbe discusses the subjugation of the heathen nations. For I will make a kala, a full end of all the nations, Jeremiah thirty eleven and forty six twenty eight. This is the concept of bride, kala, which is connected with the concept of echle, which consumes everything and makes an end of everything. But you that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you, this day. Deuteronomy 4.4 4. The Rebbe's words are very profound and exalted. After the Rebbe finished the lesson, he danced a great deal in honor of his daughter, the bride. Anyone who never saw him dance never saw good in his life. For although, with thanks to God, we were worthy of seeing a number of tzaddikim dancing before the bride, there was nothing to compare with the way the Rebbe danced. Anyone present would certainly have been moved to genuine repentance for all his sins. It is absolutely impossible to describe in writing the tremendous atmosphere of fervor and excitement among those who were standing there during the dancing. The Rebbe delivered a number of very elevated lessons on the subject of dancing and hand-clapping. The subject of dancing is also discussed in the above-mentioned lesson in the Kutei Moharan 149. Normally, the Rebbe would dance only at very rare intervals, but in the course of the year in question, 1802 to 1803, the Rebbe danced several times, on Simchat Torah, on the Shabbat during Hanukkah, after he had delivered the lesson, I saw a golden candlestick, Lukuti Moharan 1, 8, on Purim, when the Rebbe was in Medvedevka, and afterward, at the wedding of his daughter. The Rebbe himself said, this year I have danced a great deal. This was because it was in the course of this year that the news was heard about the decrees of conscription which they wanted to introduce. This was why the Rebbe danced several times, because through dancing it is possible to sweeten the harsh judgments and annul harsh decrees. See Likutei Moharan 1, 10, which was taught that same year in Teravitsa. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom his praises. 18. The Rebbe said, To me, men and women are alike. He did not have a single wayward thought when looking at a woman. To him, it was no different than looking at a man. He once said, I am afraid of neither woman nor angel. This requires explanation. A person may cleanse himself totally of evil thoughts. However, as long as he has the slightest fear of such thoughts, he is not absolutely cleansed. 
This slight fear indicates that he has not yet attained absolute purity. Therefore, he must fear an angel. This was the Rebbe's meaning. He had no reason to fear his thoughts, and therefore he did not fear any angel. Our sages allude to this concept to some degree, as the saintly of Amram said to an angel, I am flesh, and you are fire, and I am better than you. Kedushin 81a The Rebbe explains this excerpt in Lakute Moharan 2, Lesson 1, 2. Read his words carefully, and you will understand. 19. During his childhood, the Rebbe constantly visited the grave of the Holy Baal Shem Tov. He would speak to his great-grandfather and ask him to help him draw close to God. He would go at night, even during the great winter frosts. After leaving the gravesite, he would immerse in a mikvah. The town of Mezhebez, where he lived as a child, had two mikvahot. One was inside the bathhouse, and the other was in the outside courtyard. The Rebbe always chose to immerse in the outdoor mikvah, even during the great frosts when he was thoroughly chilled from his trip to the Baal Shem Tov's grave. It was a long walk from the Rebbe's house to the cemetery. Then, the Rebbe could spend a long time at the grave. After this, he had another long walk to the mikvah. He would arrive there frozen, but would still use the outdoor mikvah. He forced himself to do this in order to gain total self-mastery. All this took place late at night, when he could not be seen. I heard this from another person who heard it from the Rebbe's own holy lips. This practice took place when the Rebbe was no more than six years old. The Aleph Bet Book Faith A. 14. Gazing at the sky when it is clear and bright will bring you to faith in the sages. 15. Should you find yourself questioning God, keep silent. By virtue of this silence, your very thoughts will provide you with an answer to your questions. 16. Remaining silent when you are insulted will earn you an answer to your questions, and you will merit a spirit of understanding. 17. You should know that when a person's opponents are wise and very wealthy, it is because he has repeatedly fallen from faith. 18. Faith is considered like charity. 19. Belief in God makes one wise. 20. It is first necessary to have faith in God, and only then will you be worthy of understanding Him with your intellect. 21. The unification of the Holy One comes about through the souls of the Jewish people. Kitzur Likutei Mohoran 1, Lesson number 5. 11. A person who wishes to take pity on his own life must strive not to listen to or pay any attention at all to the conflicts between the tzaddikim who have reached perfection. Instead, he should believe in all of them. To the contrary, when he hears the arguments between the tzaddikim, he should take it as a personal reproof and look at himself and at who and what he really is. For with this they are rebuking him for spoiling the drops of his mind by masturbation, because if his mind were not blemished, he would surely not even hear the arguments between the tzaddikim, and would not entertain any questions about them whatsoever. The essence of this conflict is only for him, that is, for the purpose of what was just stated, so that he will understand and remember by means of the conflicts between the tzaddikim who and what he really is, to the point that he is in danger of being driven away from true life, which is the true tzaddikim, through this conflict. 
This is due to the fact that he blemished the drops of his mind, about which it is written, All who enter it will not return. They will not attain the paths of life. Proverbs 2.19 Whoever is a fool and does not truly understand this is distanced as a result of all this and squanders his life. But whoever truly wishes to take pity on himself, quite to the contrary, will thereby be awakened and remind himself who and what he really is. He will understand that this is the test he must pass by not hearing or looking at this conflict. Then, precisely through this, he will draw close to the true tzaddikim, which is the whole means of his eternal rectification. For the essence of the conflict between the tzaddikim is primarily for the purpose of this test, so that the person who wishes to distance himself may do so. Indeed, it is appropriate to distance him, since he has blemished the drops of his mind. But if he wishes to stand up to this test, and to understand the enormity of the damage he has done, and not pay attention to this conflict, then precisely through this he will draw close. For since he did such great damage, it is impossible for him to draw close except by means of this particular test. Understand this, for in truth, God desires to do kindness and wishes to draw close those who are far from him, even though they are not deserving of it. They are unable to draw close, however, except by means of this test. 12. Foreign thoughts and evil ruminations are the side of death, represented by chametz. When these foreign thoughts chase after one's mind, trying to enter it, and the person repels them and engages in conflict and dispute with them, not allowing them to enter his mind, he is thereby rescued from chametz, the side of death. Moreover, he merits to attain high levels of understanding, represented by matzah, which is associated with life. It is understood that the mitzvah of destroying chametz and eating matzah on Pesach are efficacious for attaining all of the above. 13. The strife that exists between the tzaddikim who have attained perfection is also only for this reason, in order to drive out the forces of the other side so that they do not draw close to the tabernacle of holiness. Therefore, the strife that exists between them is represented by matzah. The Hebrew word matzah can mean both strife and unleavened bread. Rabbi Nachman's Stories The King and the Emperor The emperor no longer wanted the match, but he did not dare refuse. He replied that the king should send his son to him, and he would test him. If he was able to govern the kingdom, he would be able to marry his daughter. The king sent his son to the emperor. The emperor placed him in a room and gave him documents dealing with affairs of state to see if he could govern the country. The king's son had a very great yearning to see the emperor's daughter, but he was not given a single opportunity to see her. Once he was walking near a wall of mirrors. He saw her reflection and fainted. She went over to him and revived him, telling him that she would not accept any match because of her promise to him. What shall we do, he asked. Your father will not permit it. We will go ahead anyway, she replied. They decided that they would go out to sea together. They hired a ship and sailed the sea. After they had traveled at sea for some time, they wanted to rest on shore. They came to a shore where there was a forest, and they disembarked. 
the emperor's daughter took off her ring and gave it to the king's son. She then lay down and went to sleep. Then, when the king's son saw that she was about to wake up, he placed the ring next to her. Restore my soul, Likutei Moharan, 27. When a person begins to examine himself and realizes how far he is from the true good and how full of sins he is, he can easily fall to the point where he is totally unable to pray. It is everyone's duty to search and search until he finds within himself some point of goodness. How is it possible that in all his days he never once fulfilled at least one mitzvah or performed one good deed? But no sooner does he start examining this good that he did that he begins to realize that even this good was full of sores. There is no soundness in it. Isaiah 1.6 The good was blemished and bound up with false motives. Still, somewhere in this little bit of good, there must exist at least some good points. Now the search must begin again, until he finds another good deed. Once again, he finds that the good is mixed up with plenty that is dubious but he must continue the search until he finds more good points. This is the way for a person to find the goodness and merit in himself. He emerges from the scale of guilt and enters the scale of merit. Through this alone, a person can return to God. He can revive himself and bring himself to joy, whatever his condition. Then he can pray with strength. He can sing and give thanks to God. Likutei Moharan 1, 282 28. Every person must take the greatest care to follow this path always. It is a fundamental rule of life for someone who wishes to draw close to God and not lose his portion in the world to come completely, God forbid. The essence is to remove from yourself every hint of the bitter blackness of depression. The fundamental reason why people are far from God is because of depression. They lose their morale. They come to despise themselves because they see the blemishes within themselves and the great damage that they do. In secret, each one knows the soreness of his own heart and his private pain. People lose hope, and they come to the point of total despair. Their prayers have no meaning for them, and they can no longer serve God, even in the ways they used to be able to. Reb Letters, Year 1, Letter Number 9 We should be happy about this our whole lives, with a great, infinite joy that no sadness or depression can spoil. I heard explicitly from the Rebbe's holy mouth that joy is the key to renewing determination. As the verse says, Joy in the Lord is your fortress. Nehemiah 8.10 It is impossible to explain any more on paper, but if you study the Rebbe's books, you will be able to quench your thirst and always be happy. And this is the most important thing of all. Your practice of studying, as you wrote me, one of the Rebbe's lessons, and afterwards saying the corresponding prayer, is an excellent one. Only, I wanted you also to get in the habit of speaking your own words, in Yiddish, between you and your Creator. Make prayers from the lessons, and express yourself before God. First do one lesson, and then, after a time, go on to the next. The Rebbe exhorted us repeatedly to make this a regular practice, as you have heard me mention many times. I will not go on. Greetings, life, joy, and all the good that we both desire for you. From your Father, the one who longingly awaits and hopes for your true salvation, in fulfillment of the verse, Grow wise, my son, rejoice my heart, 
that I may not fear to answer him who insults me. The insignificant Nassim, son of Reb Naftali Hertz, may his light shine. Reb Nassim's Letters, Year 2, Letter Number 237 With this fact itself, you should be able to rejoice exultantly in everything that you go through. For it is a matter of no small significance that we merited to know about the Rebbe and his holy Torah teachings. He is our life and the length of our days. Thank God we have more than enough to rely on. His power now to save us from all of our enemies, physical and spiritual, is just as it was then, and much, much more. At the very least, start anew every day and fortify yourself determinedly not to get involved in these thoughts of yours. Practice what we discussed in this regard, and believe at every moment of every day that God's kindnesses never end and His compassion never ceases. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I cannot say any more in this context, and it is time for the afternoon prayers. If only we could merit to fulfill the verse and Isaac went out to pray in the field. Genesis 24.63 To really express ourselves to God every day until we are worthy of coming to joy. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The words of your Father, waiting to see you alive, well, and joyful. As far as your livelihood is concerned, fortify yourself with unwavering trust, because God will surely not abandon you. It is all for your good. Cast your burden upon God, and he will sustain you. Nassim of Breslov Greetings to all our comrades, with a great love, Shemrot HaTzadikim Bnei Menashe, Asriel, Peresh, Sharesh, Ulam, Rakem, Bidan, Ishhod, Aviezer, Machla, Shemida, Achyan, Shechem, Likhi, Aniam, Bnei Ephraim, Vered, Tachat, Elada, Tachat, Zavad, Shutelach, Ezer, Elad, Beria, Refach, Reshef, Telach, Tachan, Ladan, Amihud, Elishama, Nun, Yehoshua, Bnei Asher, Yaflet, Shomer, Chotam, Shua, Pasach, Vimhal, Ashvat, Achi, Rahga, Chuba, Aram, Ben Helem Achiv, Tsofach, Yimna, Shelesh, Amal, Suach, Charnefer, Shual, Veri, Yimra, Betzer, Hod, Shama, Shilsha, Yitran, Veera, Bene Yeter, Yifuna, Fispa, Ara, Bene Ula, Arach, Chaniel, Ritzia. Revenusen's Prayers 1. Prayer number 8. Hashem our God, and God of our fathers, God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abundant in kindness and truth. Arouse your great compassion for me, and show me your kindness. Help me have faith in the true tzaddikim and bring me close to them. For they are the ones you have chosen to bring vitality to your people, the house of Israel. Attachment to the tzaddikim. Hashem, help me draw the breath of life from the tzaddikim to satisfy all my needs. Always hear the sound of my sighs. Let me draw the breath of life and goodness from the true tzaddikim through my sighs, so as to satisfy my needs and provide me with everything I require.
whether materially or spiritually. Let all my needs be satisfied for good, for the source of life is with you. You give breath and life spirit to everything which is alive and to everything in the world, all through your true tzaddikim, who are constantly attached to your holy Torah, which is our life and length of days. Have pity on your people Israel. Reveal to us who the true tzaddikim are and help us draw the breath of life from them. Give us the ability to make up for anything we may be lacking by simply sighing over it. Fulfill all the requests of our hearts for good, forgiveness and protection. All my sins and transgressions against you have driven the life spirit out of me. It is my sins that have caused all my inadequacies and deficiencies. In the merit of the true tzaddikim of the generation, forgive me and pardon me for all my sins. These tzaddikim have the spirit of God in them. It is through them that you are lovingly reconciled with the Jewish people pardoning and atoning for our sins in every generation, because the wise man will atone for it. Drive all our enemies away, break them and humble them, thwart all who try to rise up against us with evil intent, and frustrate their plans. Hashem, you know how low and weak we are at this time. We have fallen lower and lower. The enemy's hand is ever stronger, and there is no one to save or support us. Our strength is gone. Every day, each one of us is subject to a multitude of pressures, all pushing us away from your service and driving us away from life, God forbid. I have enough troubles, problems, and pressures within my own self. Every moment of every day, I am under attack from my bodily desires and bad character traits. I don't have the strength to bear it. Because of my sins, I have not made an effort to drive out the guest the evil urge, from within me. And now it has become the master of the house. All my strength is sapped. And as if all these inner pressures were not enough, I have a multitude of external battles to face as well. Hashem, how many are our enemies? To you, nothing is a secret. You know how many enemies and accusers we have standing against us at all times, both in the upper worlds and in the lower worlds. You know how they have opened their mouths against us and how they wag their tongues. Their mouths are wide open to swallow us, because swallow us is what they want to do, God forbid. Master of the entire universe, you are truly merciful and full of love and kindness. You know exactly who we have fighting against us every day and every moment. Why do you countenance the deceivers and stay silent while the sinner devours one more saintly than himself? Please, show me your love and give full rein to your compassion. You know that I do not have the strength to stand up against even a single one of my enemies, whether physical or spiritual, let alone all of them. What am I but a despised, trampled, downtrodden worm? Won't you take pity on me? I am so weak. How can I stand up against lions? You test people's hearts and innermost recesses. You know all their secrets. Hashem, you know that my real intention is to serve you truly. Maybe my actual behavior is not the best, and the things I do are a contradiction to my words. So far, I have not succeeded in taking myself in hand in order to achieve the only thing I really want in my heart, which is to be what you want me to be. 
Even so, your love and kindness are more powerful than anything, and you value people's good intentions as if they had actually achieved what they wanted. You know my heart. You know how I am constantly longing, yearning, hoping, and waiting for you to help me and bring me to the true service of God. Then why do you make me stray from your pathways? Why do you give strength to my enemies when all they want to do is hide the truth and reinforce their lies? I do not have the strength to stand against them. I can only rely on you, and I am waiting and hoping for you to help me.